Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to what I think is going to be a pretty cool Industry Insider podcast episode, I believe, number nine of the Industry Insider as we're really starting to kind of spool things up. My name's Rob Howden. Great to, again, be on the air here in the EKN Radio Network. And the guest today, uh, a guy who's been super busy over the last number of months, it's Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. Uh, a lot on his plate, getting things ready to go for the upcoming Rock the Rio event at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. And of course, throughout the last uh, year and uh, maybe two years, been working hard to uh, build the Vortex program, the Rock program here uh, in the United States and of course up in Canada as well. Garrett, first off, thank you for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. You and I recording this Friday evening at almost 6 o'clock. Um, I know you're busy. Thank you very much for carving out a bit of time for us. I appreciate it, Rob. Yeah, excited. To, uh, what Last time we uh, talked, well, we kind of been messaging back and forth, but <laughs> last time we talked, I think, was uh, Andy's race, Coda sometime. I, I think so. We I think we're in Arizona or something, but yeah. Good to be with you again, for sure. It's it's crazy because I know how busy you've been. Obviously, with our EKN Trackside Live program, you know we we're going to hit I think it's twenty four, twenty five events uh, <laughs> this year with live broadcasting. So it's been crazy. I've added my indie car and, and road to indie stuff. So I I haven't you know I've never really stopped until now, right? Uh, and it's kind of this six weeks between here and uh, of course I'm going to Supernats. We'll be covering uh, the rock, the Rio satellite wise from being here at, in, the, in the home office, but man, it's, it's been a good run. Let's talk, you know, let's jump right in and, and we can talk rock cup USA in a bit, but I think first and foremost, coming right off the weekend, uh, let's talk rock cup international final and some, some of your thoughts on the event that uh, took place at South Garda just uh, a week ago. Um, I've been there twice. I had a chance and the privilege to announce that race on two occasions, a uh, new, uh, numerous years ago. And man, I just love that race. Yeah. That's you, it. you weren't able to make the trek this year. First talk about your thoughts on the race. I know you've been there before. It's what a race, man. What a great yeah. event. It, it is definitely an amazing event. If you know, yeah. anybody has the opportunity to get over there, it's, it's, you know, it's a little, it's, it's unique to where, um, you know, anybody can go. So, um, yeah. you know, you can buy your way in there and enter, you know, as you would, you know, pretty much any other event. So, um, uh, it's, it's a huge event, you know, it's probably one of the biggest or the biggest in the country. You know, I think they had 440 this year, a little wow. over 440, which is huge. I mean, I remember my first time going there, seeing the, the mini, uh, grid split up was i think they went down to i don't even know what it was s or t or something it was crazy so um so yeah it's 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 definitely an experience it's a, it's a beautiful facility great place um uh and and some great racing for sure it's it's uh it's it's cool to watch someone else put something on i mean that for me that's like the only race of the year that i'm actually able to watch anything so i was really sure. bummed i couldn't make it this year um I was booked, ready to roll, and then I had to pull the plug at the last minute just because there was just too much stuff with the time, you know, the nine-hour time difference between here and Vegas. It was just, uh, I was a little worried, and Italy was worried too, <laughs> you know? Well, you're within, you're within a month, um, with, within less than a month from your race, I, well, I get. Yeah. Well, and, right? you know, they're already on kind of pins and needles. This is their first event. It's not my first to put on it in Vegas, but for them, it's their first, right? And they're, they've thrown everything in my hands. They're, you know uh, you know, thousands of miles away and they've, they've put a lot on my uh, trust in me to, to make sure everything's where it needs to be, which is 
humbling that they've just gave the keys to me and let me do what I need to do. And so it was important for me to make sure that, you know, everything is, is perfect as it possibly can be, not only for the, for the racers, but for them too. So, so yeah, it was important to stay back, um, you know, and, and finish all the little details. Uh, you know, I've been working on it for, you know, over a year now, but, uh, it's those last few months. I mean, you, you know, you've been a, you've been a part of them for many years, so you yeah. understand. You got everything in place, but now, now the week before, you're calling all the vendors to see if they're making sure they're going to show up because if one doesn't, you're in trouble. You know? Well, you're put and you're putting out fires, and nobody ever oh, sees yeah. the fires, right? Nobody yeah. realizes the oh, this is not coming at this time. Oh, you, you told me I was supposed to be here at this time, and it's just exactly it's like herding a bunch of cats, right? In a in a room trying to make sure everybody everything happens at the same time. I get that for sure. Now, Absolutely. one thing, you know, let's go back and talk about Rock Cup International mm-hmm. Final. We'll touch base on on some of the cool results. You can give me your thoughts on it, being kind of the captain of the ship to a certain extent. But just the event itself. One of the cool things I when I was there that I thought was great was, you know, we've all been to Super Nationals, you know, that event, 400, 450, 500 plus at the Super yeah. Nationals. The, this event's massive, but be, the, the track at, at South Garda, uh, there isn't the paddock room for it. So there's yeah. not, you know, there there are some big trailers, of course. CRG, Burrell, yeah. uh, Tony Card, of course, has their big, a couple of big trailers in there. OTK with their connection with with, with Vortex. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing is, I always thought was every time I rolled in there in the morning, you know, by you know, by the time I get there a little later than the people that are coming to practice at the first session, you're parking in the back away from the track a bit. Yeah, it's the cornfield. <laughs> and it's all the tiny little sprinter vans and little campers and oh yeah, guys that come in with their carts on top of a car. Like I, I saw guys roll in with their with their carts on top of the car, a small car. They pulled off. They're rolling out their cart stands to get it to bring it in because everybody has their own ten by ten space Absolutely. essentially in the paddock. It's a you different feature for, for me when I, uh, I I I I feel it exactly when I, when I first rolled in there um, last year. Um, yeah, you do have some some pretty large tents and and some beautiful rigs and stuff, but. You know what it reminded me of when I got there, just like you said, is two things. It reminded me of the Xplex days, right? Yep. When when it was all, you know, still super solid teams and solid drivers, but just doing their own thing, you know, one or yep. two under a tent. Um, and it also reminded me of, uh, you know, Florida Winter Tour, you know, four or five years ago, specifically at Homestead. You know, Homestead was perfect because you have all that lawn and it's spread out. So you can really see who's in the paddock, you know, sure. it's not so tight. Yep. But, you know, it's all those, you know, 10 by 10s and people in the back of trucks and stuff like that. It's it's an amazing event. It really is. It's they pack them in there. They do a damn good job. They really do for <laughs> for, you know, for what they uh, the track obviously can is uh, the race uh, surface itself can handle, you know, that no problem. But, you know, the paddock and the bathroom and the food and just all the little things that go into it, which are stuff I you know, analyze all the time, you know, I'm looking at, at all those kind of things yep. and, um, they do a fantastic job, neat place. Um, and, and then even when you leave there, you know, when you leave the track, you know, you're, you know, on the lake there, depending on where you're staying, but it's, it's just a, and it's an experience for sure. It is I going down, uh, at guarded, you know, just going down to find the great little restaurant down there. It's, it's again, like you said, it's a full experience. It's not just a race. 
yeah, it's an it's an event for sure. Now let's let's talk about some of the drivers who were essentially carrying the flag. Of course, some are full on Americans. Some are uh, drivers like Alex Powell from Jamaica, who instead you know always obviously runs a lot in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's look at some of those amazing runs. Second place for Alex Powell in, in Mini Rock. Absolutely. Third spot. Third spot for Ugochukwu. Ugochukwu, the challenge of the America's champion probably had a really good shot at the race win. So did Alex Powell, two really impressive young drivers. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, for it's, it's endurance like anything else, you know, uh, everybody understands it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a battle every time you get out there, but you just got to be there at the end. And um, some of our guys had plenty of pace to be there. Uh, But, you know, it just, it, it, it's racing, it's kart racing. You know, we had, I think 40, over 40, 45, 46 drivers from North America there, which was, a great showing, um, a great number for us. And, um, you know, but, and we had some, uh, some quality people there, very good quality, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of great drivers and a lot of great battles. I, I watched some of it, you know, and, and caught some of it where I could, but, um, yeah, I mean, they had some great results for, for running some of the best in the world for sure. One of the things that uh, I I took from when I when I announced the race on those two years, and of course covered it from from here back in North America, was how precarious it is when you don't qualify as well. If you can qualify in the top, you know, top five, six, seven, normally you're going to race a lot better. You're not you're not going to get in, in that in, in in much trouble. It's the it's qualifying fiftieth, or you know, when I mean, there's a field of eighty. Uh, where someone always ends up getting taken out. People get a little over aggressive. And uh, I had said to Eric Jackson online, I actually posted it to Facebook. I said, and he posted me in there. And I just said, stay out of trouble. Yeah. I said, when people start losing their heads, you need to keep yours. And that's the key. You know, you have to stay out of trouble. Yeah, you may not want to lose one spot, but it's almost good to sometimes give Absolutely. it up. Absolutely. Yeah. If there's nobody behind you because that guy's going to take you out. Let him go. If you've got a gap, then just finish the spot sure. back because it's just. You have to have those results in the heat races. Otherwise, you're not going to make it through. Yeah, right? just to inch your way through. And, you know, so so one, you know, one thing to kind of uh, play into that a little bit as far as what we're doing at the Rio, um, the, the format that we'll run there is we're going to do four heats and they're all progressive. So it, it changes kind of the dynamic of that a little bit. You're still, you're yep. still doing the points run for, for your starting position. But, um, oh, okay. you know, so, you know, wherever you finish the heat, you'll, you'll, start the next heat so look you know my staff hates it because it's a nightmare for them because they have to get through results and tech and and Stuart's office all you know you know on the quick so we can get results out but but anyway but yeah so that qualifying man you you have a bad run and uh but it's still doable we've seen it I've I've seen it I've seen people qualify bad but like you said they keep their nose clean for you know three you know three four heats and um and then and then they're right there to strike so um, but what the frustrating part, and I've been there many times with drivers is, you know, you're quick, you know, you've got the speed and all week, but you know, you just run into bad luck, but you know, we, we, we've done it for years and we'll keep doing it. You said it once before though, that's racing and it can, it, it can definitely happen. Now to continue on with some of the cool finishes, Eric Jackson, as we said, third in the expert rock yeah. category, did a great job staying out of trouble, was actually able to run well. You know, another good one too, didn't make it to the main events, but Emma Delatra winning the, uh, the B main, which is what I think that was the, uh, it was sponsored by, oh, uh, what do you call it? Um, OMP. Yeah. OMP. Yeah. The yeah. OMP trophy, they called it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a great win for her as well. And it's been interesting watching her in her first year of, of senior racing. She's been unbelievably impressive. Absolutely. She's yeah. been fantastic. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just, 
it's 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 funny to watch her run because she is just all business. I mean, <laughs> she it's you know I mean it's not that most people aren't, but you know you you see some people go go out there they make mistakes and lose their mind on a few things, but she just doesn't. I mean, she just the helmet goes on and and she is just fully focused on the task at hand, and she's she's been she's done a great job for sure. She's got to be well. Happy. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, anytime you can get a victory, and I don't want to say even though it was the B main, but because yeah. there's so many people in that category, only so many guys can get through. But to be able to be up front, one thing I always say about any young drivers, and not only do I want them to be able to understand how to have the racecraft, but you want to learn how to win. You, know, you, you want to learn how to defend a lead, take a lead. And, you know, watching those last couple of laps, her uh, running a little bit of a defensive line, but still mm-hmm. being able to get that victory. Uh, good on her. I thought it was, it was big well, for Emma to be able to put that, that result in the board. And there's a lot of people that didn't win the B-Main. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. Very so, true. So Very true. For sure. Bottom line is a pretty solid uh, run for Team USA at the Rock Cup International Final this year. Folks, uh, stay with us. Of course, uh, lots more to come here in this uh, edition of the Industry Insider. Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scuse Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the mini categories, to the Heron for tag race, the Road Rebel for gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or Imperial, Standard or Custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carding products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? Carts, parts, engines, tires, and tools. At SharkShifter.com, what you need is just a click away. We carry the biggest names in chassis, like Tony Cart and FA, DR Cart, CRG, 
and VLR. We have new chassis and all the parts you need. At SharkShifter.com, we also stock top quality replacement parts from Swift Components, like axles, sprockets, and hubs. We have the inventory you need for your stock Honda as well, from cylinders, heads, and engine parts, to reeds, exhaust pipes, ignition covers, radiators, air filters, and air boxes. We build our own billet aluminum components as well, including motor mounts and clutch levers. Need to add to your toolbox? We offer alignment tools, brake, battery, and exhaust tools, tire gauges, and hand tools. Stop messing around getting your seat in the right position. We have a seat mounting system that makes it easy. Check the website for monthly specials. If you need it, we can get it to you fast. We ship the same day. SharkShifter.com, your online source for carts and parts. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Industry Insider. I'm Rob Howden, joined by Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. Uh, Garrett, we had a chance to get some thoughts on the Rock Cup International Final, the performances of Team USA, and the drivers who were able to qualify through and win tickets this year. Um, Let's move into the reason why you weren't able to be in Italy uh, for that particular event, because it's the all-consuming quicksand of a major event in Las Vegas, uh, the Rock the Real, essentially your first, or the Rock's first uh, major event like this in in Las Vegas, Rock the Real. Uh, you know what? Just get, roll us out here right now how things are looking. I know that uh, we got the uh, the initial uh, the pre-entries. I think uh, I saw that Cody Shindell had it posted on Canadian Carding News as well. Pre-entries are out. Uh, I didn't I didn't look. I looked through it, but I haven't added everything up yet. Are, did you hit 200 yet? We're dang close. I'm, I'll tell awesome. you, I'm, I'm super excited. For me, I, you know, as we went down this road, um, you know, a year ago when we were talking about, uh, you know, doing an event there, um, you know, the budget was built on 160, 170 entries. You know, for me, that was the goal yeah. um, based on, you know, we had a, you know, a, a, a tall hill to climb as far as, you know, I mean, if you really look at it, you know, 18, 19 months ago, um, uh, Rock was really, you know, a Florida program, you know, they, they ran out, they went out and did a few events here and there, um, before that, but it was really that base. So, so to really have this be our first full year of, of trying to expand out of that market and then also drop an event of this size on, um, I knew it would be difficult to, you know, it'd be a challenge to get to 160, 170, but, um, you know, we're, I think, uh, Ursula sent me the numbers today. We're at 196. So, I mean, we're there. I mean, we're real dang close and I'm ecstatic. Uh, Italy's happy. I'm happy. And, um, now it's just time to put on a good, clean, fun show for, for all the people that have decided to come. And I can't wait to get there. I leave on Tuesday and, uh, start uh meetings and track building and yep. parking and <laughs> all the fun stuff <laughs> all the fun stuff uh so 196 on pre-entries in just knowing what i've done for the last 20 something years you can probably count on 10 or 15 walk-ups so uh maybe vegas is different on a walk-up as opposed to just a local track like a, a, a yeah. track for a major event. So, but you need four or five so yeah. let's just say 200 is a possibility um Away from the big number, you know, that getting that. Well, my, my, I'll, I'll get there because my plan is I'm going to register you, me, and David at <laughs> Nursal. Oh, so, 
So we're good. We're at 200. Right. Not a problem. All right, cool. All right. Put me, put, <laughs> chalk me up for mini rock then. Um, so obviously the, the, the 200 number is obviously big. You know, you, you want the 100 if you're a regional level. You want to get that, that 150. 200 right. is a magic number. That's great. But in looking at the, the entry list that, that you guys sent over to us at EKN, it's just scrolling through. You know, I, I just kind of – I said I didn't mm-hmm. – I didn't add it all. I didn't, I've been so busy. I haven't, I didn't add everything up. I know David was, is working on the preview. Um, man, number one, almost, I think every category is double digits. Some of them means that most twenties and thirties. And I think I want to say senior is it, I think it's like 40 or something like that for the senior category. Yeah. Juniors are a big one, which is, you know, uh, not a surprise, you know, that'll be over 40, uh, seniors, seniors, 40 for junior. That's big. So nice. seniors approaching forty. Um, okay. You know, shifter numbers are good. Uh, the one that's a little light is our hundred cc. But for me, I that was a last minute deal. You know, I've been getting a lot of pressure from uh, from racers from all over the country saying, "Oh, can we do it? Can we do it?" You know, and um, I knew you're still the- double digit though in every, both of those categories. You know, yeah. 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 So I mean, uh, but I think it's going to be good. You know, I, uh, for me, I think uh, that class is exciting, not just for uh, for Rio or for Vegas. I, I'm just I'm just pumped about that class in general for you know, club programs, regional programs. I think that's going to, uh, I hope and uh, really feel that that's going to, you know, put a piece in the puzzle that has been missing out of carding for a while and um, hopefully get some people in, keep people in. Um, but anyway, you know, it's, it's still going to be a good showing, but, and some great drivers too. I don't know if you scanned through the list, but there, I did. there's some, yeah. some great yeah. in there for sure. So it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend for sure. We'll come back more and talk about the VLR 100 uh, when we talk about yeah. 2019 plans because I think it's a kind of a cool thing that, that it's essentially because of its design and the and the entire deal. We'll talk more about the fact yeah. that it kind of it's going to it's going to allow for a tag level of racing again at, at yeah. that particular price and speed level. Um, again, so we go with pretty good numbers. Let's let's talk about the fact that there are some pretty solid drivers coming out to run as well. I, you know, I, as I said, I scanned through it, and went wow, okay. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. are, are, you know what I mean. You're just you're checking the, these guys that are top talent. The racing there, I think, is going to be pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. You know, for me, it's been um, I, you know, I've in this business, I've I've known not. You know, for me, I've I've stopped looking at the numbers. Right? It's just it's not about the numbers for me. It's a, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the same show whether there's 15 people or yeah. 300 people. So that's my focus. And um, but you know. For this one particularly, <laughs> I've been staring at the numbers because you know it's it's important for Italy and um, so uh, yeah. I, I Ursula has just you know from the office is just uh, my right hand person there has just been kind of updating me here and there and I haven't really looked at the driver list at all. It was just all about the numbers, but then she sent me the list um, the first of the week and I started scrolling through there. I'm like, wow, there's cool. going to be some. It's going to be uh, it's there's some stacked fields and yeah. uh, some great great race is going to happen for sure. Um, one of the things I want to go into now when we talk about the Rio itself, let me, I, I want to hit on some of the staff and ask you some questions about it. I want you, let's start first and foremost with the track itself. You know, you guys released the design. Can you give us some insight potentially you know, into, into who helped design the track? You know, mm-hmm. who, who was part of the design team and was there some kind of a design theory? Did you guys come in with a, an overall, what's the word I'm looking for? An overall approach that you guys wanted to, to, to bring in? 
Yeah, so we, we initially started out actually with um, a track, uh, and I'd have to look, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but we took, a, we wanted to do a European style track. And this track originally came from Max Speed. I designed it originally, and I just kept that copy because of the, uh, we were running the same track that we did at US Open um, because of uh, the people loved it. You know, it was, they, I got, when when I originally designed it, so basically go back. We took a, a track from uh, from Europe. Um, we basically mirrored it, inverted it, and then it didn't fit. <laughs> so yeah, it happens. <laughs> so so then we modified it and and did a bunch of things. It took us a lot. Uh, uh, you know, we came up with maybe twelve or fifteen different versions of what we thought would be cool, and then of course testing. So then we spent two days out there testing and with the chalk box and uh, trying all different configurations on a dirty track and um, you know, and just seeing what felt good and what was dangerous and what wasn't. And so that's the, so then it evolved into what you see now, which is nothing like it started. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, the one that, uh, you know, I couldn't sleep for months after we originally designed that because I didn't one, how would the people react to it? That was my, obviously my first, question um and then two uh well so then practice started and right after practice got over it was just nothing but compliments man this track is so much fun there's a ton of room to pass it's fast um you know there's some slow stuff i mean just compliment after compliment i'm like wow so you know that that was a big relief but then the next the next thing was would it be safe you know when we get some numbers on there um start packing them in there what would happen and you know we had uh, you know, we ran two years in that configuration and, you know, I don't want to jinx myself to tell me, tell you, you know, what exactly we did for red flags. Cause I don't want to jinx this year, but it was, it was the lowest of any track that we've ever been on, including, a uh, you know, any, uh, purpose built facility. So for me, that was like another huge sigh of relief. And, um, when we were talking about rock the Rio, we thought, man, you know, maybe we should change it up just to change it up. But, uh, you know, as you know, and been there, uh, it's limited to what you can do based on yeah. the surface and Most poles and cut, you know, and walls and everything in the way and, um, and just general bumps really. So, uh, we decided to stay with it and, um, you know, I, I'm really proud of it. I'm happy with it. Uh, you know, and, and not just because I did it because the people enjoy it. So, so we'll see, um, we'll, we've got a lot of new people this time, um, that have n- didn't weren't at us open. So, um, we'll see what they say, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Different engine package too. You know, that's one of oh, the yeah. things I, I know we always got the feedback, uh, from the industry and from the, in the, in the community, anytime we were covering the race at the super nationals, right. The, the Scusa race that, this track's a Rotax track, or it's exactly. a rock track, or it's an Iami track, a Leopard yeah. track, you know, an exactly. X30 track. So yeah. it'll be interesting because obviously you know what people, the impact, the, the the feedback was as a Rotax track. What's yeah. it going to be like as a rock, rock track? track? Absolutely. It'll be interesting. Yeah, be interesting. I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. And I, but I think, uh, you know, I think it'll be good. Uh, uh, I'm not looking forward. Well, I am looking forward to it. Last, you know, the, I don't know if you know much about uh, the U.S. Open, but we had the, uh, we're using the tech pros at us open and um, you know, with the straps in the center. And yep. um, so we've got all new barriers this year, um, pin barriers, which will be a lot, you know, much easier for us to set up. You know, the tech okay. pros were a little bit of nightmare in a, in a temper, 
in a yeah. temporary scenario, you know, on a permanent track, no problem. In a temporary scenario, it's just a nightmare. So, so we're excited. We got a lot of work to do, but um, we're ready to roll. So, so let's uh, the track set. So let's let's talk about the about your staff a little bit. Who do you got? Who do you got positioned, race director wise? A couple of the key people uh, for the staff for this this, this year's uh, event. Well, our, our team is, uh, you know, pretty much the same team. Obviously, we're going to add a bunch of, uh, of new people, um, just because of the size of the event and the track and, uh, all the challenges attempt circuit adds. But, um, you know, we've got, uh, Chuck Yoder is our race director. Um, and, you know, we got Rick Hall, uh, Bobby Radaboy, Scott, uh, Scott Gordonair, all on the, uh, uh, Darren McDonough, all on the, uh, track official side. So basically the way we set it up is uh, Chuck is the guy, he's the race director, and then we have six assistant race directors. And those people are the eyes. That's, and all they do is, is watch carts. And then, um, and then we'll bring in corner workers to work the flags, you know, and clear carts, any kind of issues like that. But, but their sole focus is uh, running a flag and making sure the track's clear and people are safe. And, uh, you know, we'll have seven or eight pairs of eyes just watching for, uh, for calls. Um, and then our steward's office, you know, we'll have Robbie Pupart, which oversees, uh, the steward's office for me. We're going to bring Mark back, Michonne. Um, we haven't seen him for a while, so he's he's excited to come back. Good man. Uh, Yes. And, uh, great at his job for sure. One of our best stewards. No doubt. Um, and then we'll have Bruna Franco, which will also head up the steward's office, um, to kind of, uh, deal with any issues on track calls, you know, protests, that type of stuff. And then, um, you know, we've got uh, Pam and Steve, of course. I don't know if you met them from – you had to have. They're from uh, Florida Winter Tour, so yep. they're still with us. And then we've got uh, – yeah, they're they're fantastic. They they actually just went through that hurricane. You know, they're up in Georgia oh. now. Their house is okay, but they have no power. So, oh, um, man, that's crazy. But anyway, so they'll be there. And then, uh, you know, we have Eileen. We have – that sees our scales. We've got Dave Davies in tech, Rob Yardley in tech. Um, so, you know, my, my normal crew of just, uh, getting things done and, um, couldn't do it without them. I mean, these guys, I know, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of people don't come up to these people and say, Hey, you did a good job. They, they come up to Ursula or I and, um, say, Hey, you guys did a good job and thanks. And, but man, uh, I couldn't do one thing without them. I mean, they're, they're the ones that really, I can take responsibility for from now until, uh, Tuesday mo- or Tuesday night, <laughs> but yeah. they really take responsible from Wednesday to Saturday. I mean, it's their well, deal, you know, and, and it's yeah. all on them and, and they, they deserve every ounce of credit on, on the operation of the event itself for sure. That's the best way to do it, isn't it? You, uh, you put the thing together and you, you, uh, you put together a team and you, you hand it over to the team. That's, Absolutely. That's the key, right. That's the key. Now, um, again, interesting. You mentioned people coming up to you or whoever it may be saying, Hey, fantastic. When I'm on the microphone at an event, one of the things I always want to do at the very end is to remind people when you see someone wearing that, that organization shirt at the end of the day, grab them a cold beer, pat them on the back, give them a high five, because those, those are the people that are out there, uh, from the very first session to the very last session. Uh, it's the, it's the people that are working the event that really do deserve the kudos. There's no doubt about that. I, I know that you feel the same way because. They're, they never stop. They don't come back to a tent and put their feet up and chill out. You know, corner yeah. workers, staff, they're, they're, you know, guns ablaze in seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. Well, the other thing is too, is what, a, uh, you know, and some people don't understand, but uh, some do is 
you know, I'm a full-time employee, right? I'm uh, Ursula is a full-time employee. So this is my job. This is what I do is put on events. But, you know, the list of people I just read off, they all have regular jobs. They're business True. people or teachers or whatever it may be and a business owners. So they're taking, you know, they take time off their, out of their vacation to come and do this. And so, and, and, and they're not making, they're not retiring on my money. I'll tell you that much, you know, <laughs> you know, it might, it might give them some extra beer money, but that's about it. So, um, so that's the other thing that really, uh, impresses or humbles me that, you know, they'll take their vacation and, and run my events for me. And, yeah. um, so that's saying something and, and, uh, you know, I can't thank them enough for that for sure. And yeah, yeah like said, the people love of the sport, it. right? Yeah. Love of the yeah. sport. Absolutely. Yeah. And the people love of the sport, yeah. love of the people. Now, uh, you know how much I love announcing races. And before you and I came on, we were messaging back and forth throughout the day today. Tell me a bit about the announcing team you yes. have for this event. Cause you're taking a little bit of a different uh, approach and I love it. Yeah. So we, you know, we have Ron Ebersol. He has been um, our announcer for the year. So he's, uh, he's based out of NOLA. Um, I actually, uh, we hired him when I was at NOLA back in 2000, maybe 12 or 13 or so. And, um, uh, he, he does a great job over there. He does all the club races for us. And, um, and again, another semi-retired guy that wanted to go on the road. So I said, Hey, let's, you know, come on the road with this. And he's been doing a great job. Um, so we'll have him. And then, um, I'm bringing it to, uh, and she's going to kill me, but she won't hear this anyway, because I don't have her last name in front of me. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, 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 Sabrina, she is a, a dirt track racer, um, up in the Mississippi and, uh, Louisiana area. So we're going to bring her on, um, just to, just to change it up a little bit. Uh, I've heard some of her stuff and she's fantastic. Nice. Um, she'll, she'll take over and kind of help with, uh, interviews and, and that type of stuff, get some reaction, you know, after quality and, and podiums and stuff like that. Um, grid area. And then, um, and then we're bringing in uh, Chris uh, McCarthy. He actually just did the one, uh, the IAMI National or IAMI Worlds, uh, what, last weekend? There was the same weekend as... Uh, same Bob, weekend, right? yep. yep. Yeah. Yep, so he'll be in. And um, I think that'll, uh, you know, give a little bit of a UK voice to it. Um, I listened to him as well that weekend and really enjoyed, uh, you know, his commentary. So it, we've got a mix of everybody. We got a, a and, and it'll be funny to see how Chris reacts to uh, the Southern, uh, the good old boy and a Southern girl too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It'll be an interesting dynamic. Just make sure we're in Las Vegas. So make sure he make, doesn't stay up all night long. Yeah. Uh, as I did the first couple of times I was there. Um, well, and yes, I, we'll have three. So maybe one of them will make it. <laughs> maybe they're not, you know what? You're just hedging your bets. Good for you. You've got at least one of them is going to make it out, out of bed and down to the booth exactly. uh, before the race starts. But no, I, you know, I, I was listening to Chris as well. Um, it was a, it was a big weekend. Obviously, Rocket International Final, I am International Final. David Cole was thrashing. We were watch, you know, trying to watch both races <laughs> and cover them on eCarding News and post it on 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 the uh, on our social media. It was a wild weekend, but I love it. You know, different. It's going to be a different feel. You got a couple of different voices. Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome, Gary. That's great. So, hey, listen, you know what? If the race is right around the corner. You got good numbers. You got a good staff. Uh, bottom line is, good luck with that event for sure. I think I it's. Uh, I think I think you're going to have some fun. It's. Uh, it'll be one of those deals where the, you know, 
and people don't realize the stress is not for you when you turn over the keys and it's also right. not off of you when everybody, you know, packs up on, <laughs> on Saturday yeah. night and they're done, you're know, ready to go party and because you know, you got a, a couple of days to tear down and get everything oh, yeah. out of there. So. Well, and this one's especially, you know, for, you know, again, it's, it's, there's always fires to be put out, but you know, yeah. I think that my stress level does, you know, ramp down quite a bit, you know, uh, Tuesday night and, um, and then managing the fires, but then it's going to ramp back up again Saturday. Cause yep. you know, we got a lot of cleanup to do to make sure it's all cleaned up and ready for the next group. And, you know, I want to make sure that's all, you know, uh, perfect. So he's ready to roll in and, um, you know, and I, but I can't wait till November 5th. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, we're halfway with me. Yeah, about halfway through here. We got a couple more questions, more uh, topics. After this break, Garrett and I are going to talk about the 2019 plans they have laid out for Rock Cup USA. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Cartlift has been designing, engineering, and building innovative cart stands since 2003. Our flagship model Winchlift LT is the motorized workhorse of our cart stand lineup and should be the foundation of your karting program. When it comes to test days or race days, the Winchlift is an invaluable tool that allows you to head to the track to test and tune anytime, knowing that your cart will easily be lifted with the press of a button. Add our innovative winch stacker, and now you can double stack two carts on top of a folded down winch lift, saving space in your trailer or garage. If a lifting cart stand isn't for you, then one of our traditional folding scissor stands, double or triple stacker stands, or upright stand should fill the need. Every one of our cart stands features flat free wheels and casters, and a durable powder coat finish. Check out our full stand lineup, as well as our chassis skid plates, tire changers, and accessories at cartlift.com. That's www.cartlift.com. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. You've heard the name VME Kart all winter. It's the hottest new chassis on the circuit, and it's time to get behind the wheel of one yourself. It doesn't matter what series, the VME Kart is running up front. The WK Manufacturers Cup, the Scusa Winter Series, the Florida Winter Tour, the Challenge of the Americas. VME Kart is on fire. VME Kart USA is a new importer for Vince and Lorenzo Mandarino's creations, and we're ready to take the karting scene by storm. 
Colin Neal kicked off the 2018 season with two big wins on his VMA cart at the WK Manufactured Cup opener in Daytona. And then, Chase Gardner put the VME cart on top of the podium at the Rock Cup Challenge of the Americas opener in Phoenix in February. Big wins at big races, and there's much more where that came from. To learn about our chassis and our program, and to see what we're doing in U.S. karting every weekend, follow us on Facebook at VME Kart USA. Welcome back, folks, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Industry Insider, episode number nine here on the EKN Radio Network. I'm Rob Howden, joined today by Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. We've talked about the international final. We've talked about Rock the Rio. You know, and you said, Garrett, before the break, uh, you can't wait for November 5th. And the funny thing is, I, you can start this particular section off as we, we talk about 2019. <laughs> How much... <laughs> Is it like the fifth and the sixth and the seventh, and then you're switching right back on? You know, is it? It's crazy. Like, yeah. Is there any downtime or you know? Like, I know. I know. I know. Florida Winter Tour. It's not. It's not new to you. You've been yeah. doing it for a number of years, so it's not like you're rolling out something brand new. But uh, did you build any kind of any break in there after the race is done? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it was, I, I was talking to someone the other day, and um, we, you know, I. I, w- I told them, man, I miss the days at Miller. You know, I live in Salt Lake or in Lake Point and, um, and the track's just, you know, only five miles down the street, but at Miller, uh, we closed October 1st and then opened March 1st. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> happen wedding. anymore. No, and I'm like, man, I miss the days. I would be, I would already be, I'd be, you know, I'd already be out sitting home for 19 days now. So, so I do yeah. miss that, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so We've already started on Florida Winter Tour, obviously, working dates. And, um, you know, we've got some exciting news, which I can go ahead and share now. Um, oh, good. We're doing uh, – we're going to do a temp course for the uh, for the second round, which will be in February. We'll do that at the uh, Hard Rock Stadium, uh, better known as the Dolphin Stadium there in Miami. Wow. So we're going to truck all our stuff to the east and um set up a new configuration i'm just finishing the design now hopefully i'll have that ready to uh, to display at the rio uh the track design um so that'll be fun that's going to be a, a cool change um uh something new uh for the florida wonder tour definitely uh, but yeah we're you know we're already hard at work at that you know we've uh we've started that you know months ago on on you know tracks and planning but you know now we're we're already ahead of the game of, you know, booking staff and rooms and, you know, all that stuff. So those things for me are not that it's easy, but you know, it's still get It's still a break, even if I'm doing that compared to. Yeah, it's easier uh, than the, yeah, it's easier than the real stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, um, but yeah, we're looking forward. I think we're what going on our 18th year or the Florida winter tour is going on its 18th year, our second year running it. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited, uh, uh, pushing forward and you know keep rolling so i'm trying to go back in my mind garrett because i I raced i raced in the winter tour and i think 2000 i think when bill wright was just kind of getting rolling with the thing right has there ever been a temporary circuit race i don't florida winter tour i was talking to uh i was actually talking to uh andy about that and i don't think there was the only temp circuit that i can remember was the stars deal um on the bumpy lot yeah, at <laughs> the at, grumpy lot, the bumpy lot. Yeah, well, well, at the yeah, convention the, center, right? Yeah. Was that during PRI? Well, that was something. No, that was that was a separate race. That was the uh, that was the PRI Karting Classic, oh, right? Yes, the yes, All Star Karting Classic. But yeah. Stars of Karting did run at Disney mm-hmm. in one of the parking lots. It was called the Grumpy Lot. We called it the Bumpy <laughs> Lot because it was flipping bumpy. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I don't like. I know that, that Florida Winter Tour. I don't think so. I don't think it's the only, ever been the only non-track. Well, I raced at Gainesville in uh, Gainesville, and it was the police. The 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 police fo- uh, force had a, test, a yeah. test track. Yeah, and I'd raced there. So what? It wasn't a, a full-on go kart track, but the layout was easy to, to run as a kart track. I don't think. I don't think there's ever been a temporary circuit as part of the Florida Winter Tour. Yeah, we might have to might have to message Bill Wright about that one. I don't know. <laughs> but right? yeah, it's uh they they repaved this this lot is is massive. It's huge. Oh, okay. Probably two probably two and a half times the size of Rio. So we got plenty of room. It's brand new asphalt. Well, it's asphalt's about a year and a half old. So it's uh, in great shape, and um, nice. they're super excited to have us. When I called them and said, "Hey, this is what I want to do," they were. You know, didn't know what to say because they had, didn't know anything about karting or, or what we were trying to do. But, um, you know, after we met a few times, they're super excited to have us. And uh, it, it's just a really – I had never been there. You know, I probably drove by it a few times, you know, on the expressway. But yep. uh, I, I went in there for a meeting um, one night, and I showed up at night, and they were having a, a game there. And Man, that place is just incredible at night. It's just, I'm hoping it's lit up. I'm hoping they've got something on one of our nights because it's just the, uh, the aviance and, and that, of that place all lit up is incredible. So winter tour status quo with a cool little race uh, in, in February. Yep. Not a little race, it's going to be a big race, but a cool yep. addition, a cool little evolution, something new. From there, of course, you jump out into the, the full season. What are the plans that at least you can tell us first mm-hmm. off? I know you, you had the festivals last year. Is that something that's going to be continuing? And then after you're done kind of talking about potential national events that you're talking about, where are, let's move then from there into, into regional racing. I know you had some, some regionals already. Yeah. Um, what else, you know, what are we talking about? Well, uh, you know, I'm still finalizing what I want to do for Rockfest. Um, okay. You know, I, I, it's, it's 99% done. Um, you know, I have um, some agreements going with the tracks, but uh you know, we're really uh, contemplating on 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 what we want to do for the future. How how do, what what can rock, what can we do as rock or a company or as a karting organization uh, to build karting in general? You know, I mean, I can put on races anywhere I want to put on races, but is that really what's needed to to help build the base, build the regional program, and help these other people that need help? Whether it's you know, club programs and, you know, like we've done with Sonoma or we've done with Andy or we've yep. done at NOLO or Colorado. Um, my heart and my feeling is that we need to put more energy there than in the, uh, in the, the national stuff. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's also important for us to, uh, to keep, you know, to have the brand out there and put races on that people want to come to. So, I think it's going to be, I'm going to take a lot of input from the paddock um, in, in the next week here uh, and, and just talk to the teams, you know, talk to the teams and racers. What, you know, what, what do they, what do they want to see? You know, what do they want to happen? And um, I think, uh, I don't think, I know we have uh, nationally, um, we've got a huge issue with the, with the entry level programs. I mean, they're just, we're just not producing the amount of uh, racers we need to produce to be able to make the, the national or regional thing strong. I mean, you know, for us, um, you know, and I, this is what 20 years for me, I just remember how strong those programs were. I mean, I could go to Utah, I could go to Las Vegas, I could go to Colorado, I could go, um, to up to Seattle or to, uh, you know, to Pat's acres. I mean, you name the clubs over the years that you could have went to and easily ran with, you know, 80, 100, 120 drivers any given weekend. 
Um, and those, those numbers are, have dramatically fell off everywhere. So, you know, there's two, in my opinion, there's two or three that are doing a pretty good job from coast to coast and that's not nearly enough. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of, uh, where I'm leaning to is to putting some more time, energy and resources into those programs. Um, you know, but it's, uh, I'm going to be looking for input, you know, I mean, people that are listening to this, you know, I mean, email me, send me, send me your thoughts. I mean, we can't, it's a daunting task, right? It's, uh, for an example, this year we had, uh, we were Orlando, NOLA, Colorado, and Sonoma were basically the ones we're really putting an emphasis and focus on. On one weekend this year, I had people at all four events because we had races at all, all, all in the same weekend. So, uh, you know, just physically and financially it's 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 a big uh a big commitment for us um so we just but we i i I feel i'm i really feel that that's what needs to be done uh but how do we do that you know who who's interested in 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 jumping on board with us to try and really focus on that club program how do we build these things and you know i've had this conversation with you before i think we had a very similar conversation you know when we were at andy's race on on how we build these club programs but you know it's 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 tough for me to see like uh miller for an example miller's just down the street i mean you could guarantee that club had 110 120 entries you know all the time now they're in yeah, the Garrett, so so here's a question then is and i'll, I'll be brutally honest with you here or frank um mm-hmm. you know obviously you were part of the max speed program and i think yep. that in in the diagnosis that david cole and i and others in the industry have done there was a shift away from a focus on club and regional racing by absolutely. the max speed top you know the top brass at max speed absolutely they kind of got drunk on the national level and the big money and the and i, I think that's kind of what it was you know everything yep. went national when really the Rotax program first came out as this awesome club engine that had service centers. So my question to you would be, do you draw on that experience you had and being part of that organization, but not essentially in the power position, but more of a, of a, you know, left wing player where, Hey, you know what, this is what we're doing. I'm your guy. I'm your, I'm your, I'm your ground soldier. You're not that guy anymore. Do you draw back on what you potentially learned in watching some of the failures of Rotax in the, with that particular group? Absolutely, I think yeah. I think that's the best thing that all of us can, uh, you know, to learn and grow from is is other people's failures, right, or other mistakes. You know, that's the if you take anything away from that, that's probably the most important. Um, you know, I, I draw from those internal conversations and struggles that we had there, but I also draw on what the Rotax program was when I was coming up through it. You know, I had, uh, you know, we had strong programs, you know, on the East and West Coast. We had one race a year in the middle of the country. Um, was that the perfect model? I don't know, but it worked pretty dang good. You know, the clubs were strong. And, um, uh, you know, and, and I think I think everybody has, you know, can can take a piece of that blame on how we did it. Um, you know, the uh, Rotax probably started it, you know, as far as kind of, focusing on that national program and adding more races. And then other organizations started doing that. And I think we just don't think, I know what we did. We just sucked all the, uh, the energy out of the club programs and their drivers and money. And, um, so we need to, we need to think about that. You know, I mean, if you just, if you had to flip a switch today, would you go back to that? Well, you look, look back at the, look back at the quality and the, and the, not the quality, but just the, 
the stature of the Grand National. The Rotax Grand Nationals were 200 to 225 yeah. every year. And it was a massive event, people coming in from all over the country. Absolutely. And those and those were people that had to qualify to be there, too. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't if, it, if it was an open ticket, you probably could have been in the 400 number. The but, possibility. You know, they wanted to be, uh, it'd be a good quality show. Um, and you know, they're like you said, they're in that 220 range and, but it was something they could count on. And the other thing is too, is it didn't really, um, financially for, uh, the people that were running it, it wasn't a huge burden. So they could, they could send more resources down in my mind, down to the bottom where they needed to be to, you know, to help, you know, I come back to Miller cause that's obviously, or, or Utah, cause that was my home track, but, um, you know, to, to help build those programs and focus on those. The other thing is too, is it kept those people in that area to focus on that program. You know, if those guys are chasing races all over the country to focus on those, then they're neglecting, uh, you know, the core product. So yeah, good point. I don't, I don't know what the fully the answer is, but you know, as I said, just a minute ago, if, if I had a light switch and I could click it on and it could be those, I could have those healthy clubs back that we had 10 years ago. Would I do it? I think I would, you know, and so maybe it'd be on an engine, different engine platform, but, <laughs> but, yeah. it, but I would like to go back to kind of that, that mentality. Cause I just think it was, and, and no matter how anybody looks at this, it's, it's a for-profit business. I mean, you know, Vortex is in this to make money. Otherwise they, uh, you know, they're not going to exist. They're not going to develop, um, the shops, same with the, sh- the dealers, the teams, you know, all those guys need to make money. And, um, I think uh, financially at that time was was much better for everybody. And, you know, I, I wasn't at the top, so I don't know what those those financials were, but I have a good idea. I can stare in a paddock and see if someone's making money or not. And yeah. um, I don't think there's, there's, there's many people in the club paddocks making any money right now. Overall, do you feel like uh, in some of your feedback that you're expecting to see some some growth, whether it be significant or even just minor? Um, you know, I'm talking to Andy Saisman for Challenge of the Americas, which is you know, the West Coast version of the Florida Winter Tour. He's very happy with the way he thinks things are going to you know, grow yeah, for, for, sure. for this year based on some of the, uh, the rock participation in Southern California, which, of course, is where, one of the places he draws from. Yeah. Uh, same goes for Sonoma. Are you feeling like uh, in talks that you've had? I know you're probably going to have a lot more talks when you get to, uh, get to Las Vegas, but you just feel like there's a sense that, uh, that things are moving in the right direction in your, in your areas where you're already established? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, with the, let's take Sonoma for, uh, for an example. Um, Andy's program's a little bit different because it's more of a, a, a national, you know, three race program or three yeah. weekend. But if you just look at, uh, Sonoma, I'm, they did a fantastic job. I think, I think they, they, uh, I, in fact, I just sent them an email the other day. Um, you know, they sent me an email and said, Hey, the season's over. We appreciate all your help. And for me, um, they have to be happy of what happened over there because I didn't get any phone calls, right? I didn't yep. get any calls that said, Hey, this place is, there's a problem here. Or there's a problem there. And, and, and I, the other thing that was so refreshing about what I seen happen there is the phone calls I did make or did, that did, I did receive from shops, teams, drivers, whatever, um, were all positive criticism, right? It's like, Hey, we think this is a problem with, we have, we have a small issue here with the product. We should just, I just want you to be aware of it, you know, so it doesn't become a problem. 
There's a, there's a difference between bitchy and constructive criticism. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and it was like, uh, and, and then we would, and then the, almost every single call went in with, you know, what else can I do to help? You know? And for me, that was like, I just, I haven't received those calls in years. So, um, that was extremely refreshing and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now it was, it was everybody just kind of getting their placement foot placement this year. Um, there's still a ton we can do. I see a lot of holes in the system and a lot of improvements that need to be made. Um, but for the base, I'm extremely happy and I'm, I'm confident that we're going to see uh, a good increase at Sonoma. Um, I'm very, very confident that Andy's going to see a very good increase. Um, he's picked some good locations and, and also, uh, dates for those locations, I think is going to help him a lot. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of trending to, you know, the product, but I also think, uh, we're also seeing a lot of, you know, from what I'm hearing from the teams of new people, not just switching equipment. Um, cause for me, that's not the goal. You know, I, I, I don't, it's in, it, we said we'd have the same conversation too. Um, yeah. Tom needs a thousand and I need a thousand. That's what yeah. we need. We need it. Yeah. We need a thousand racers to draw from. That's it. And if, and, and that's the goal for me. Um, so it's positive. I'm happy. I think Andy did a fantastic job, uh, this year. I'm happy with the results. Um, and, and also with, uh, with Sonoma, um, we're still finding our placement in, uh, in Colorado. Uh, we had some changes with tracks. We had some date changes. Uh, it was a little bit of a cluster there this year, but, uh, we've got a solid plan for next year. Colorado, again, as you know, you've been around. That was an extremely solid program for years with the CSC. So good. Yeah, and so good. Great drivers come out of there. Great numbers. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of – it kind of petered out too. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the same story all over the country. So what I'm hoping to do is we can, uh, you know, build a solid base there and, and start to work. Same with NOLA. Um, NOLA's a little bit – a little scattered. You know, they went through – you know, obviously it was the Rotax thing there. I pushed Rotax hard. You know, we were in, you know, um, had some good numbers and then Rotax went away and then someone else come in. We did, did a few changes. Now we came in and did a few changes. So, so we're scaring everybody off. So now we got to, you know, build a solid platform and start bringing people back. But, but anyway, I'm, I'm really happy with the way this year went. We, we've spent a lot of time. We've invested a lot of money. I just, I can't thank Vortex enough for, for trusting me in, in these programs. Cause you know, it's a shot in the dark for them. They don't, they don't, they don't know much about the American market. They're pretty much hands off with me to, to let me do what I need to do. And, um, but so, but they've invested a lot. I mean, we're, you know, between the trade program and what we've done this year, we we're into this thing big time and we're not going anywhere. Well, let's transition now into uh, a little Q and A. Uh, I posted up on the Ecardi News Facebook page that I was interviewing you. Asked if anybody wanted to ask a couple of questions, and we do have a couple of questions here, which is great, and it's going to kind of play into our talking about the 100 CC engine. So, here we go. Let's look at some questions we got. Chris Bainey with the first question, and here here's what he asked: Does Rock see themselves as a viable option for the grassroots club level racer in the USA? And if so, what are some specific plans towards growing the grassroots club, a grassroots club level of the sport? Kind of plays into exactly what we're talking about there. Your thoughts? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think for sure. I think, um, you know, with the addition of the VLR, we have the full line of, of what anybody wants to do now. I think, you know, through the, the 60cc, the, the hundreds, the GP and the 125, I think our, our platform is solid. The, the product's good. We have everything. The price is good. Um, I think uh, that's one thing as far as being able to compete or try and build a, uh, a grassroots program. You got to have a good product at last and it's a good price. So, so yeah, I think um, we have that. For me, uh, and we've had these conversations and uh, Dave Klaus and I just actually had a conversation about this. I think uh, the Briggs program is, uh, is, is a huge integral part of, of, that grassroots program. But I also think um, that there needs to be a transition. And in my mind, this 100cc is the transition. I, I go back to when when I started in 2000. Um, you know, you think about the HPVs and the KTs, specifically the KT100s, right? Those things are everywhere. I mean, you could go to any track and count on a 16, 18 cart field of KTs, for sure. And um, I think we, we, I say we, meaning everybody in the industry, and I think, uh, you know, uh, Rotax had a lot to do with this, obviously, when, when they come in with their one motor package, you know, through your yeah. lifetime. The Leopard was the same thing. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. it, it really put a, uh, a hurting on that particular program, which I don't think any of us realized how important that program was. Um, a great price point, good power. Um, uh, uh, people could still tinker with it do their own maintenance, maybe put a top end in, you know, that type of stuff, which people really enjoy a lot. I did, you know, I did all my own work until I got into the national stuff and then I had to send yeah. my stuff to sweet tech. But <laughs> before that, you know, I was doing all my stuff. And, um, so I think this hundred CC is very, very important. Um, the, the one thing about this engine too, is it's, uh, you know, when we talked about designing this, um, Andy and I talked, well, it's been over a year now, a year and a half or so, when we first started talking about this 100cc Andy at Coda. Um, you know, we, we thought about what was missing, and, and this was it. And um, when we designed this engine, you know, we specifically designed it um, uh, so it would be exactly as the KA. Yeah. And it was. So that's the key right there, right? The fact that the KA100 yeah. and the VLR100 can essentially, and people are doing it already, it's going yeah. to be run. You guys are doing it the Rock the Rio. It's going to be run heads up. Yeah, for me, and I think that it 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 makes it made so much sense, you know. And uh, you know, in our if you look at our other categories, yeah, maybe the micro and mini we could play with them if we wanted to to get them to run, but it it'd be difficult. The GP and X thirty are never going to run together. They're just they're just two different animals. Yeah. Um, shifters are the same program, you know that those are two different animals. So. Um, Unfortunately, this is the only platform, but fortunately, we do have something. So, um, for me, I w it was important to 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 be exactly that that we could put them together, set 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 an age group, set a weight, pick your brand, and go, and that's it, you know. And um, and then let the brands fight over the customers, you know. Let's let's let uh, whether it's incentives or or whatever it may be, or prizes or whatever. Let us do our thing to to entice customers, you know, um, to our product. But when it, when it's on track, when they show up at the pits, nobody cares what they're on, right? Cause they're all going to be just gunning for a win. So, so anyway, I, I think that K, the other thing I, uh, the K and the BLR, the other thing I think about the hundred CC is 
in the four stroke program, I think there's a lot of people that are ready to move up. In fact, I know there are because I talk to them all the time. But this transition from a from a from a Briggs to a Rock GP is insanity, right? So it's not, and it's not even really the money. Uh, the money's probably third in line of of the problem because um, the engine's not a bad price. Uh, but the big thing is when I when I need to go from a Briggs to a GP, not only do I need to buy a GP, I need to buy a chassis because the GP is not going to work on my four cycle chassis. So that's 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 so now I'm a chassis and engine. So now I'm seven grand. So, um, but the other thing more important than any of that, specifically in the senior class, is the ability to drive a GP. You know, I raced for years, one twenty five, eighty KTs, and and I literally could not go out and do two sessions in a GP on sticky tires today. It's impossible. There's no way I could do it. But could I get in a VLR and go out and race a weekend? Absolutely. Easily. You know, I could. Yeah. It was, I, I did the same thing coming out of four cycle when I was racing back in the nineties before I, you know, before I started shifter card illustrated and stopped racing because that's what happens when you start a magazine. Um, I did the same thing, came out of four cycle and I went to KT 100. Mm. I wasn't going to get into a shifter right. it was a K, or a formula a at that point was we had in Ontario. Right. It was a KT. And that's, you know, the great thing you mentioned was the fact that the Briggs 206 has rebuilt the foundation and For is sure. continuing to rebuild the foundation from coast to coast. I got an article coming out uh, this coming week. It'll probably be right around uh, when we release this particular podcast, uh, just detailing how great the 206 has been. But you're right. It's the, it's the foundation. And eventually, like any driver, a lot of them, let's say a certain percentage of them are going to want to go faster. Absolutely. Right. And well, what is that next step? Well, right. I think, it's I think performance and price. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's important not not just for me and not just for, not just for Rock or IME as far as selling product. It's important for the carding community and the carding market because if that if we don't have if the only step is to go to you know a tag engine, um, you know thirty horsepower engine, the chances of us losing that guy because he's bored or he's just he's just tired of of, of doing what he's doing in the Briggs there's a good chance we're going to lose them. So, I mean, we, that we need to have that opportunity or that stepping stone. And, um, I think the hundred CC is, is the key. I mean, the price is right. Um, it bolts on your existing chassis, you know, the hundred or the hundred C or the, uh, four stroke chassis is going to make an awesome hundred CC chassis. And, um, so I think that's important, you know, uh, and the other, the other thing is, you know, as we said, it's hard for you to drive or me to drive, you know, and do a few sessions in a, in a tag cart. Um, the other thing is just general maintenance. You know, these guys still want yeah. that, that class is really a hobby, hobby class. And, um, there's going to be some great national races and regional programs in the hundred CC, but those senior four stroke guys are more hobby guys. They don't want to spend three or four days prepping their cart before a race weekend. Yeah, they want to pull that thing down, dust her off, put some fuel in it, check the chain, and roll. You know, yeah. and I think that's another thing that the 100 CCs are, are going to allow. Or you know, that there's a there's a level of technical knowledge that you need to have to to do a 125 cc single speed liquid sure. cooled engine, you know, whether it's the GP or the X30 or whatever you're talking about. It, and it's you know, it's not only just the fact you have to have the technical knowledge; it's also daunting. You know, a lot of people are going to go, you know what? No, it's too much for me. It's just too much to learn. And yeah. coming out of, if you become proficient and understand 
you know, chassis setup and taking care of your Briggs 206, with a little bit of extra knowledge, you're going to be able to make that transition if indeed that's what you want to do. Yeah, to a, for to sure. So I, I think for me, I, I and, and maybe I'm 100% wrong, but I, I, I really feel that this is going to be a, another huge milestone for us, you know, in this, this particular era, according to, uh, to capitalize on, on building for on a building, you know, and our, and what we see for our future, because right now we there's a lot of stuff we need to do. Um, and I think this is one of the important pieces for sure, no matter what brand it is. So Chris, uh, Chris Bainey, there's the answer to your question from Garrett Potter from Rock Cup USA. We're capping off this edition of the Industry Insider. One more question, an easier one, I think, for you. Matt Lankford asks, would it be possible to list the schedules for every track with rock classes somewhere in the same spot? I'm going to say, i.e., your website. Is that, <laughs> is well, that something they can do? Actually, actually, Matt has a great point. Hi, Matt, by the way. Um <laughs> Yes, this is a project that I've been working on since I think maybe April of 2017. <laughs> All right, it's so, been a while. So it, it's taken a backseat. I'm, uh, you know, we're working on uh, the dealer program or the dealer site, dealer information where the dealers are. I'm working on the tracks as well. So it's in progress. It's it's moving to the top of my list. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to get it out before the first of the year. So yes, we're gonna get that rolling. So for the first time in our podcast history here on the ECAN Radio Network, we decided to go to, uh, to uh, Facebook and ask some questions. We got a couple back. Hopefully it's something we can fuel uh, even more of in the future. Well, Garrett Potter, you, uh, you got from the start to the finish, the green flag to the checkered flag. Uh, you're essentially out of the hot seat right now. It's Friday night. So we can grab a cold one and, uh, and kind of chill out for the rest of the weekend. Hey, well, I appreciate everything. One thing I did uh, want to mention, uh, yep. we're, we're going to, uh, Bridgestone's going to have a tire changing contest on Wednesday of Rock the Rio, which should be a blast, right? So, I love those. Um, They're awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, it's ridiculous, by the way, <laughs> how fast these guys can do it. It's crazy. ridiculous. Yeah, so so we're giving away a set of Fittipaldi wheels, uh, thanks to yeah. Fittipaldi Sports. Um, so so anybody that's interested, make sure when you get there you register uh, at, or sign up at registration. But uh, Saturday night should be a good time. Garrett, just to cap off, anybody who's listening and potentially doesn't know, uh, I'm sure they can just Google it. But uh, what is the website that people can get information on Rock Cup USA? That's it, rockcupusa.com. <laughs> I answered my own question. Yeah, didn't I? <laughs> hey, listen, but thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Good luck uh, at the event. Uh, I know that uh, the amount of time that gets put in to events like this, it's uh, it's exhausting. People just do not understand the time and money it takes to put on a race like this. They think they roll in and get to have some fun. It's uh, it's monumental to be it able is. to put an event like this on. It is. Well, and I, I hope uh, hope everybody safe travels. And um, thanks, and uh, Rob, hopefully we'll see you at the next one, eh? Yeah. Did you, did you say A? Did you just pull a Canadian? Wow. You're, I can live with that. I'm okay. I can live with it. I'm proud Canadian. Uh, yeah. You know what? Down the line, I'd love to be able to, to, to get out to an event. Uh, again, we've, you, you know, I've been friends for a long time. I appreciate the respect that you've shown to uh, both myself, David, and E. Carding News. Thank you so much, folks. We are done. What a great uh, insider that was. No doubt about it. Get a chance to talk to Garrett Potter here on the uh, EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for tuning in to EKN. Again, if you have not yet downloaded the app, do it. Right on your phone, the EKN Radio Network, 24-7, 365 karting content, 
All of our EKN Trackside Live play-by-play main event weekends get on there. We archive them. All our podcasts are on there as well. Just an awesome way to be able to listen to karting anytime you want. And as always, our podcasts, the first chance to listen to them will be on the EKN Radio Network after that. We'll put them up on Podbean. They'll be available on the website as well. So again, I thank Garrett Potter for joining me here on the EKN Radio Network, folks. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.